Hello and welcome to Inside Education, the weekly podcast for educators who are interested in teaching with me, Sean Delaney. I'm a teacher and teacher educator myself, and I'm particularly interested in practices of teaching and in mathematics education. My book about teaching, Become the Primary Teacher Everyone Wants to Have, was published by Routledge and is available from all good libraries and online bookstores. You can email me to insideeducationpodcast at yahoo.com and you can follow me on Twitter where I use the handle at InsideEd. I mentioned just now that I'm particularly interested in mathematics education and one of the activities that has taken a good deal of my time over the last three years is participating in a research project about the teaching of mathematics. Specifically, the project was about how to teach mathematics so that every student pre-primary, primary and post-primary, high, medium or low achieving, can learn and that they can learn by being challenged mathematically at their own level. The EDUCATE project, which stands for Enhancing Differentiated Instruction and Cognitive Activation in Mathematics Lessons by Supporting Teacher Learning, was funded with support from the European Commission. It involved mathematics educators and researchers from Cyprus, Portugal, Greece and Ireland. This week on the podcast, I'm delighted to introduce you to some of my fellow researchers on the team who will talk about the project. We have Despina Potari, who is an Associate Professor in the Mathematics Department at the University of Athens, where mathematics education is her area of research. Giao Pedro da Pont is a full professor of the didactics of mathematics at the University of Lisbon. He has been a leader in mathematics education in Portugal for almost four decades. Anne-Marie Gurhi is a primary teacher in Carlo and mathematics teacher educator in Marino Institute of Education. She completed her doctorate in mathematics education in Dublin City University. Evridiki Kasapi is the assistant coordinator of the Erasmus Plus Educate project at the University of Cyprus. And finally, Haralambus Haralambus is an assistant professor at the University of Cyprus. He is interested in studying the quality of instruction and in exploring connections between the quality of instruction and students' learning gains. You'll like this week's episode if you're interested in teaching mathematics at pre-primary, primary primary or post-primary level. In particular, if you want to differentiate instruction in your classroom, you will find out about some resources that will help you to differentiate instruction while at the same time keeping the mathematical challenge of your lesson high. The episode will also appeal to anyone interested in professional development for teachers with a strategy known as video clubs. Although the focus is on the teaching of mathematics, the principles will likely transfer to some other subjects at least. Finally, this week's episode will be of interest to anyone who wishes to find out more about the kind of research that is undertaken as part of an Erasmus Plus project in education. I began the interview by asking each member of the team to tell me about themselves and their interest in mathematics teaching. So I'm uh, Haralambus Haralambus. I am an assistant professor in educational research and evaluation at the University of Cyprus. And I've always been interested in in mathematics. Actually, this was the subject matter that I like the most at school. So then... Uh, my first degree is uh, in elementary education, and actually I work as a teacher for five years, and mathematics was the subject matter that I uh, like teaching the most. And then after that, or actually in parallel to, to that, I was 
I started a master's degree in, in mathematics education. And after that, you know, I really got uh, attracted to uh, this field. Hey, Vidiki, would you like to go next? My name is Evridiki Kasabi, and I hold a bachelor degree in primary education uh, with a specialization in mathematics education. Uh, in parallel, I'm working as a teacher, a special teacher for the deaf. And it is interesting because as being, being a, um, an assistant coordinator of the Educate project and a teacher of the deaf, I realized that deaf students are capable of performing high level mathematics when provided with rich educational experiences. And currently I am a PhD student in the Educational Administration Evaluation. And my focus is on teacher professional development uh, on the subject of mathematics. In contrast with Mr. Harambos, <laughs> mathematics was the subject that I found difficult when I was at school, although I was good at it, because I always wanted to see the purpose in what I learned, and this was not always the case in mathematics. But during my studies, I realized that mathematics was more than memorization and drill and practice. And when taught effectively, there is meaning behind everything. Thanks, Everdiki. Despina, do you want to go next? Hello, my name is Despina Pottery. My relationship with mathematics has been always positive, I could say. And very early, when I was a school student, I wanted to do something related to mathematics and in particular to the teaching of mathematics. I got my first degree in mathematics in Athens University. And then in 1984, I started my PhD in mathematics education in Edinburgh University in the UK. I have been working since 1989 until uh, 2008. I work uh, in uh, the education uh, department of uh, University of Patras, working with prospective uh, primary school teachers. And since uh, 2008 until today, I have been uh, working in uh, the mathematics department of the National Capodistria University of Athens, preparing prospective secondary mathematics uh, teachers. My main interest uh, has been on mathematics teaching and mathematics teacher education. At one point in uh, my life, uh, I had to decide whether I wanted to work in a school or at the university. I decided to work at the university. But I think that I, I like also to visit schools and uh, study mathematics teaching and work with teachers. So I think that I can manage to have this link between university and school. And Jao Pedro, can you give us an overview of your interest in mathematics education? Yes, so my name is uh, João Pedro de Ponte. I'm from Portugal. I've studied uh, mathematics uh, as a first degree at the University of Lisbon and then worked as a secondary school teacher for uh, six years in uh, different schools. Then I, I moved to the university and uh, did my PhD in the United States. So I've been working uh, um, since then at the University of Lisbon on a number of topics. Currently, 
my main focus of work is on mathematical reasoning. So uh, we have a project in which we are trying to see how we can work with teachers in order to to strengthen the students' mathematical reasoning in all uh, grade levels, in primary school, middle school, secondary school. And another focus of interest is teacher professional development. So uh, I was very interested in getting involved in this uh, Educate project. Finally, we'll come closer to home. Anne-Marie. My name is Anne-Marie Gurdy, and I've always been passionate about uh, the teaching of mathematics. And uh, like Carl Ambus and Despina and Jim Pedro, I've always been very positive towards mathematics. Relatively new to mathematics education at third level, I've been a primary uh, teacher for many years and have taught all class levels from junior infants to sixth class. And I've also been a member of the special education team in my school for several years. Additionally, I worked for a short time with the NCCA, that's the National Council for Curriculum and Assessment, when they were starting out on the development of the new primary mathematics curriculum, uh, which is to be introduced in schools next year. I'm really interested in uh, Japanese lesson study as a model of uh, teacher professional development in mathematics. Uh, also looking at assessment for learning in mathematics and students' attitude uh, towards mathematics, particularly Carl Dweck's uh, growth mindset. I've had the pleasure to work with you all over the last almost three years on the Erasmus Plus Educate project. And I suppose, first of all, I'd like to get an explanation for listeners as to how the project came about. And maybe, Har Lambus, you were involved in drawing up the initial proposal. So maybe you could say a little bit about how the project came about and what problem it was trying to solve. Yeah, well, actually, it started with uh, a problem that we were trying to solve in, in real practice. So the mathematics curricula in Cyprus have been revamped during the last decade or so. So more challenging tasks have been included in the textbooks. And the idea was that if you change the curricula, if you change the textbooks that teachers are using, and by the way, in Cyprus, because we have a centralized system, all the teachers are using the same textbook series. So the idea was that if we change the textbooks, then instruction would also change. But that was not the case. So actually, we started working with a small group of uh, in-service teachers trying to support them to actually help their students work with cognitively challenging tasks. And that was a challenge in and of its own. By the end of uh, this uh, small study, some teachers were really enthusiastic about what they were getting, but a couple of them started asking really hard questions like, okay, we are more or less successful working with this challenging task uh, with our more advanced students, but how about the rest of them? And actually, this generated the question, how can we really work with all our students on those challenging tasks? And uh, that was more or less how the idea, you know, started about this project. You say that the textbooks were trying to introduce more challenging tasks, but some people would say that, well, the tasks in mathematics books are challenging enough already that they don't need any challenge. So why why do you think it was important to introduce more challenging tasks into maths books? Well, we know from research that the tasks that students are using during their math lessons 
actually determine both the quality and the quantity of their learning. So we can engage students in solving, you know, drill and skill exercises for the entire lesson. And what they're going to learn is actually uh, perform certain algorithms. Whereas if we engage them in tasks that, as Joe Pedro said before, that ask them to engage in reasoning, in thinking, in providing explanations, in finding multiple solutions, in making connections, all those things actually are really conducive to their learning. And when I'm referring to learning, I'm referring to the depth of their learning. It's not only what they're learning, but to what depth they're learning certain things. And we know from literature that these challenging tasks are actually very important for supporting this type of learning. I wonder, could I ask what kind of challenge could be introduced to maths tasks to make them more beneficial for students? For example, who are asking a student to find one solution to a given problem. It's totally different if we ask our students, how do you know that you have all the possible solutions? This type of task requires students to go into more depth. It's not just, you know, finding just one solution. So, for example, I'm giving them three digits and I'm asking them to make a three-digit number. This is not really challenging, but when I ask them, How do you know that you can make all possible numbers? Or when I start introducing restrictions into the numbers that they're making, you know, the students need to start thinking and reasoning. I could give an example from upper secondary. In uh, the Greek uh, textbooks in geometry, you usually have problems where you, you are asked to prove certain things. For example, uh, prove that the sum of the angles of a a triangle is 180 degrees or more difficult uh, problems. This is challenging in a sense, but uh, sometimes the students learn the proving processes as a method. Uh, While we can change this kind of uh, task and uh, make it more inquiry in the sense uh, not to give them the sentence to prove, but to be able to conjecture and make some hypotheses like, okay, uh, explore what happens to the angles of the triangle. And if, if an angle becomes very big, what happens to the others? So this kind of inquiry can support reasoning and also the process of producing mathematics. And in that sense, it goes beyond just uh, following some certain steps to prove. Another example would be when the students have a problem and they get a solution, ask them to, to try to find another strategy to solve the problem. Uh, it's very interesting to, to compare um, rather different strategies, like um, a strategy that solves the problem uh, in a symbolic way, with uh, other strategies that use other kinds of representations. Very often we can learn different aspects of the problem by using different representations. And this is uh, rather challenging because uh, when students are used to to work on a symbolic way, they they tend to disregard the the use of other representations and and that is a limitation. So this um, finding of different strategies and comparing them can be very interesting and very challenging for students. And very challenging for the teacher as well, because the teacher may have a preferred way of solving a problem and they may find it 
difficult to understand or to follow a different strategy that a student is proposing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Anne-Marie, would you like to say a little bit about uh, your interest in this project and if, if you want to give an example as well? I like the idea of using what's termed low threshold, high ceiling tasks So those kind of tasks means that all students can accomplish or achieve no matter what their level of mathematics. So, for instance, in the Irish context, our team developed the chair task. It was um, provided pictures of, say, the second, third and fourth chair and students were asked to find out Uh, what might the fifth chair look like or the sixth or whatever. So they could use manipulatives, they could draw pictures uh, or they could work it out uh, using equations. And the answer wasn't obvious at first, but this type of task allows all children to participate. So they'll all be able to uh, achieve some level of success, whereas the better able students can go on to find out what maybe the 100th term is or the 150th term and so on. And we can put a link in the show notes of the podcast to to the chairs problem for anyone who'd like to go and try it out for themselves. Evridiki, you are somebody who, who who's using these textbooks with the students that you're working with. Can you say a little bit about why you were interested in this project from the start? As I said before, I think that mathematics is more than uh, memorization, more than practicing, more than procedures. Uh, It has to do with contextual understanding of the students. So I got interested because I realized that teachers uh, make decisions and actions unconsciously or consciously. And these actions have influence on how the task will be set up and enacted. So it was very interesting to see how some teacher actions, uh, for example, clarifying the task, or eliciting student thinking or interpreting their arguments was could work with all the students in, in the classroom. For example, many, many teachers do not allow sufficient time for uh, students who are struggling with the task. And as a result, they are telling students what to do and how to solve the task. And also, from my experience, I realized that teachers have many difficulties in uh, understanding what is the challenge behind the task and how to modify tasks in order to make the challenge available to all the students. And also, uh, there is a contrast between trying to teach all the students and also trying to teach an overcrowded and differentiated curriculum. Also, the contextual realities uh, of all the classrooms and in the school and uh, the realities that each uh, teacher faces are different. So we needed to provide uh, a platform for the teachers to discuss these issues, to bring their challenges and difficulties and discuss them with uh, the teacher educators with their colleagues and try to find some ideas and practices that would help for them to create a classroom, an environment where uh, the, all the students can have access uh, to mathematics. I think we've talked a little bit about the challenging aspect of the work and it might be good to say a little bit more about the other part of it, which was differentiation. 
and differentiated instruction, because that's something that many teachers find difficult, particularly in mathematics class, is that students are working at different paces and it can be it can be difficult trying to accommodate students with different levels of mathematics in in the classroom. So I wonder can I would anyone like to say a little bit about what we mean by differentiated instruction in in, in this project? I'll give it a try. When we refer to differentiation is the teacher actually the teacher's attempts to meet different students depending on the students' readiness levels, the students' interests, the students' way of working and one would say, well, if I have 20 different students uh, in my class, uh, shall I be differentiating my instruction to meet all these 20 different groups? The idea here is not, is, is not that you're trying to do this for 20 different kids, but you're trying to create groups of students and actually respond to the different uh, needs and readiness levels and interests of different groups of students. Because if we're referring to each individual student, then we're going to individualize instruction, which is a different thing. Differentiation is the idea that I shouldn't be working with, you know, my students as a whole group, group and just providing instruction and whoever gets it, uh, gets this instruction fine. The idea is how can I differentiate my teaching to meet different groups of students, to meet them at their level where they are, to meet their interests and, uh, you know, and the uh, ways that they're learning. Just continuing on, on what uh, Carolambo said, um, two um, major ideas that we have um, used in, in the project Educate is the, the ideas of enablers and extenders. Teachers can use enablers when um, a student or a group of students, they are needing some help. Uh, and a, an enabler is a small help that does not solve the problem completely, but uh, that helps the, the student or the group of students move forward uh, in order that they continue working on the task. So we can have different kinds of enablers for different students and that may be very useful. On the other hand, when uh, a student or a group, they finish the task, a good thing that the teacher can do is an extender, or uh, which is uh, something like an extension of, of the problem. Can be a more general problem, can be a problem with different data, or can be even a different problem. But uh, the, the idea of extender, if, if it is possible to relate to the original problem can be very interesting because um, seeing different problems and relating their solutions can be a very different activity for uh, for the classroom. And very often they're not included in standard textbooks, these extenders and these enablers. Exactly. Evadiki, you wanted to come in there as well? Uh, yes, I would like to add that um, differentiation is a way of thinking about teaching. It's a teaching philosophy where the teacher thinks that students can achieve their full potential and the teacher makes everything that is possible to accommodate the differences in student readiness levels, interest and learning profiles. And actually it is more qualitative than quantitative in nature. I mean, it is not about providing more work to some students or less to students who struggle. It is about qualitatively and uh, differentiate uh, the tasks and the curriculum that is delivered. For example, if the goal uh, for the whole class 
is to subtract uh, using regrouping. Some students uh, might work with subtracting two-digit numbers, with, uh, while other students will uh, work with subtracting larger numbers uh, in the context of word problems, for example. Or some students may use different materials when working with uh, in geometry. Uh, they will they might work with 3D shapes, while other students might work more abstractly. In a classroom where we want all the students to have access to mathematical activity, differentiation may, may means that uh, not all the students can reach the same level. But uh, what is important is for the teacher to, uh, to have specific goals and uh, see the, the progress of the students throughout the, the, the process of teaching. So I think that differentiation presupposes that uh, a student knows uh, very well the students, the students' uh, needs, both at the cognitive level, but also uh, uh, at the affective and social level, so that to be able to offer these experiences that meet their needs and also be able to see how they progress. And so I would say goals and uh, uh, goals, progress, and uh, uh, these, are, these are two important uh, concepts in the process of uh, differentiation. And of course, this, uh, all these uh, uh, works, uh, whether uh, you have uh, an appropriate uh, uh, classroom culture that I suppose we'll discuss about it uh, later on. Does this imply that all students need to make progress, but they may not necessarily all arrive at the same destination. Yes, exactly. Anne-Marie, do you want to add anything to this? Yeah, yeah well, I, I think most things have been said, but I just think that uh, teachers are very aware of the need to differentiate. And I think a lot of uh, why teachers um, decided to join the Educate project was uh, to get help in this area. And I agree with this, Fina. I think, you know, uh, it's really important for teachers to know their students well and also to know the curriculum well in order to be able to differentiate. And that brings us maybe to the quality of the tasks that teachers choose, you know, because a lot of the time, uh, particularly in the Irish context, the tasks that are available to teachers are not great. And, um, you know, it makes it harder for teachers to differentiate. And I think that's why this project is so important. And I think here comes the, the, the real importance of the project. I think teachers can differentiate, you know, instruction. Uh, they can meet different um, levels of students. But the challenge for teachers is to keep the challenge for different groups of students, because differentiation does not really mean that I'm giving, you know, students who I think that are not really capable, I'm giving them really watered down tasks because this actually uh, decreases the opportunities that these students have for reasoning and thinking. The real challenge is actually to combine differentiation with the cognitive challenge, with giving all students enough challenge, maybe the challenge is not going to be the same. As Joao Baitro said, you know, we're giving enablers and extenders. The challenge might not be the same, but it is enough for students in order to engage in thinking and reasoning. And I think here lies, you know, the, um, the real contribution of this project. 
we have a situation then where we want to help teachers to challenge all their students at a, a, a level that is reasonable for all of the students. And we also want the instruction to be differentiated. So in this Erasmus Plus Educate project, who could give an overview of how we went about conducting the research on, on this question of challenge and differentiation? First, it is important to point out that uh, the challenges that we identified are not challenges that are unique to a particular country. Actually, if we, need the if we read the literature and if we read the European reports, we know there that, you know, several countries are trying to change their curricula, but teachers actually need support and guidance in order to implement this, you know, more demanding curricula. And what we tried to do actually in the um, uh, Educate Erasmus project was to actually start with the real needs and challenges that teachers face when we ask them as, as teacher educators to engage all their students in cognitively activating work. So what we tried to do during the first phase of the project was to actually sketch these needs and challenges. And we tried to do this in two ways. First, by reading the literature to get a sense of what has been found, but also we followed a bottom-up approach going to the teachers in the four different countries that were participating in the project, Ireland, Portugal, Greece, and Cyprus, and talk to them and watch their lessons in order to uh, really sketch these needs and challenges. The second phase actually pertained to developing materials in order to address these needs and challenges, and we developed materials both for teachers and for teacher educators who were expected to support these teachers. In the third phase, we implemented these materials in practice uh, with um, prospective and practicing teachers, and we examined how they worked. And in the last phase, based on what we learned from this experimentation, we refined the materials, but we also developed a platform, an online platform, where teachers all around the world can get access to these materials and actually they can experiment with them. And this is more or less in a nutshell the project. Of course, I'll put a link to that platform in the show notes for the, for the podcast. But if we go back a step and one of the stages that you said we went through was talking to teachers about what challenges they experienced with differentiated instruction and with challenging work. Would anyone like to say what kind of problems teachers identified? I think one of the uh, biggest challenges for teachers is time and the overloaded curricula. So teachers are saying, okay, how can I put everything into my daily schedule and try to differentiate my instruction and work with challenging tasks if I am pressed to cover, you know, the curriculum, if I don't have the time you know, to work on these challenging tasks in the classroom. But also, um, we know that differentiation takes a lot of time in terms of preparing a lesson. So if we don't give teachers some strategies and some tools that they can use, it might take a lot of time for them to plan lessons. So time in terms of working with students, time for preparing, uh, posing good questions in order to activate different levels of students, posing good questions in order to activate students' prior knowledge. These were some of the challenges that actually uh, our teachers mentioned and were also found in the literature. 
Uh, plus, when it comes to prospective teachers, one of their biggest challenges was to know their students well, because if we talk about differentiation, you need to know your students well. For those students who are visiting uh, classes and they didn't know uh, their students well, that was an additional challenge. I can add something else regarding the, the issues that the teachers raised, because um, we, when we, we are speaking of um, proposing challenging tasks to students in the classroom, we are implying that we are proposing tasks. And these tasks are the starting point for students' learning. For um, uh, some teachers, this is not exactly what they do usually in, in the classroom, because instruction begins with the teacher's explanations, does not begin with the proposing tasks uh, to the students. So it's, it's uh, very different if uh, the teacher provides a, a, an explanation and provides examples and models the way of solving some uh, exercises. This is uh, different from proposing a task, trying to uh, the students understand the task, but not explaining exactly how the task will be solved. That, that will be the student's um, activity uh, to do. So this is a, um, a departure of a usual practice. And um, some, some teachers find that this may not work very well with their students. So we, we encourage them to try, not beginning with very complicated tasks, but uh, with tasks that can be get, uh, the starting point for instinct work from, from the students. So it implies organizing the, the classroom in, in a different way, which may provide a, really a, a challenging for, for the teachers. Not only in this first part of the, the activity in which the students uh, get engaged in solving tasks, but also in a, in a later step uh, when most students have completed their work and we have a whole class discussion in which uh, some of the students may present their uh, strategies and their solutions, and they can be compared. And this is also a, a challenge for teachers because um, it's difficult to manage the time in these discussions. Uh, sometimes we are not sure that uh, we made the, the right choice of the, um, the students that should present their tasks. So there's um, lots of things that can uh, get complicated. But we have seen in the project very interesting all uh, uh, class discussions taking place, and definitely they are a, a way of engaging the students in uh, uh, comparing strategies. So this whole approach provides really a, an interesting opportunity for students' learning. And as you say, it, it turns on its head the typical portrayal of a teacher, where a teacher says, this is how you do it, now go and do it. Whereas what you're saying is, go and do it first, and then we'll talk about it. Exactly. And this is also important for pre-service teachers, uh, because in the project we have in service teachers and pre-service teachers, and, and for pre-service teachers, uh, it's also important that they can see that uh, this kind of class can, can be used and uh, really can provide uh, important uh, aspects of um, students' uh, learning um, so it's, uh, it's very important that they have in their uh, pre-service teacher education contact with this. Yeah, because you're, you're focusing on the, 
on the students' ideas much more in the lesson. Anne-Marie or Despina or Evrediki, would you like to add on to this? Oh, I think in the Irish context, the main uh, problems that teachers identified were, uh, of course, time, because we have a very overloaded curriculum. And uh, the other main thing they identified was sourcing appropriate tasks. Uh, that they felt that they had to teach 11 subjects so they didn't have time to uh, spend time looking uh, for appropriate tasks and sourcing them. And they felt they weren't going to find them in the textbooks either. Yeah, absolutely. Despina? Time was also uh, an important challenge uh, for the Greeks, uh, the Greek teachers, but also I think the tradition also is uh, more to what... Uh, Joao Pedro described uh, that the teacher uh, introduces uh, the main ideas of the course, uh, gives uh, some examples, and then uh, uh, he models how the students are going uh, to work on uh, some uh, textbook problems. So this uh, whole idea uh, that you want to, on one side, to use challenging tasks, First of all, what is challenging task? Is it something that is too difficult? No. So uh, th- this was a challenge for the teachers, but uh, also to how uh, you can uh, uh, engage uh, students in the process of uh, learning. And this, I think, uh, for the Greek, uh, especially for the secondary school level, uh, in the Greek uh, tradition, this was a, ve- a very different, I would say, a process. So it, it was challenging uh, for the teachers. And um, I think uh, later on, not at the beginning, but uh, when the teachers uh, in Greece, in the work uh, we did in the project, they had to form groups of uh, students working uh, uh, on a problem, on a task. This was difficult at the beginning, although it was a I think it was something that most uh, teachers liked it and uh, they think that they will try it uh, other times as well. But I suppose maybe we'll discuss a bit more, I don't know, what uh, what we think is the impact of uh, the project to the teachers. I, I think that uh, uh, the teachers, first of all, uh, for the first time, uh, they opened their classrooms to the other teachers and to us as researchers, because uh, a strategy of the project was the use of uh, video clubs. So the teachers uh, videotaped uh, videotaped their lessons and presented uh, parts of it uh, in the discussions. And they they learned how to discuss about uh, their teaching from a distance and also listen to the comments uh, of other teachers. So this was, uh, I think uh, it was a, a very good, something they gained to open their classrooms and discuss about it. And also, of course, uh, they they tried out uh, things they had never done. As I said before, the group work uh, was something that uh, even some uh, quite, uh, I would say, upper secondary school teachers who use rather formal ways of teaching they tried group work. So this was uh, something uh, important. They, they also talked about the role of, um, uh, what we say, the role of the rules that are defined uh, in a classroom and what is 
how important are the rules, the culture of the classroom. And this was something I think that they hadn't uh, noticed before. So there were a lot of uh, a lot of uh, new things they learned through the project. And uh, I just uh, want to say that one group uh, of teachers uh, uh, worked further for a year more after the implementation of the project and and still we they collaborate and we collaborate together and i think this is an evidence of the of the positive impact in uh, the teachers english yeah and you you've mentioned there despina the whole idea of the video clubs and for me that was one of the really interesting features of this mm-hmm. project because we do very little of that kind of professional development in Ireland. And I wonder, could you or somebody else just say very briefly what exactly a video club is when it comes to professional development for teachers? I would say that it is a, it is a professional development strategy. The idea is that the teachers can study their own teaching through videos. So they videotape their teaching and they discuss together collaboratively on some uh, extracts, video clips. Uh, so they discuss things uh, that they themselves selected and they consider in terms of the project that they were related to the overall goals that was uh, the students to be engaged in challenging uh, tasks and uh, also all the students to be engaged. And so they were selecting parts of uh, their from their videotape uh, lessons they wanted to share and reflect on them with the support of the other teachers. In Greece also, it was the first time that we used it uh, to this extent. And also, it is something that uh, in the research literature is considered as a very as a very important way of reflecting on the lessons and uh, uh, not only individually, but jo- but jointly as well. And the way you presented there, you make it sound as if teachers found it very easy, but it isn't easy for teachers to share aspects of their teaching with their colleagues because very rarely do teachers see each other teaching. So how did teachers get over that initial reluctance or shyness about sharing their practice with others? And Despina or somebody else may wish to answer. Sure, we we could share uh, what one of our teachers told us in Cyprus. So uh, when the project was over and we were planning on having a conference, which unfortunately was cancelled because of the COVID-19 situation, one of the things that we planned for this conference was having teachers to share this experience. And actually, when we were talking uh, to teachers, when they were preparing about this part of the project, a teacher said, when I first watched... I sat down to watch my videotape lesson and I didn't want to move further. Uh, So I stopped and then it took me some time to convince myself that I needed to watch the entire lesson because when you do this thing for the first time, you start noticing all sorts of things from how you move into the classroom, the pitch in your voice, uh, what you're doing with students, students that you are not noticing. And you really become critical of everything that you do. And I think the the importance of the video club aspect is that we as teachers educators are helping teachers to focus on certain things from their teaching. Actually, we start by saying, well, there's not going to be a perfect instruction, never. Whatever we do, 
this thing of, of perfect instruction is not going to occur. So we're developing a culture that helps teachers understand that what we're watching in, in their videotape lessons or the videotape lessons of other teachers is actually a record of practice. And we're analyzing this record of practice to learn from it. It takes some time to do that. So the first reactions, teachers are really critical of what they're doing, but gradually, as we help them to focus on certain things from their practice and learn from them, they become really positive about the, the entire effort. And João Pedro, would you like to add anything? For, for the teachers in Portugal, um, the video clubs uh, was a, a new idea. We, we don't, do not have this um, tradition of uh, teachers videotaping the, their uh, lessons. So they, they found it uh, uh, interesting. Of course, they were uh, a little bit worried about technical details uh, uh, because they had to to be teaching the lesson and at the same time make the whole setup for um, having it uh, recorded on video. But uh, they managed to solve these problems and and they, they found very interesting uh, choosing episodes. Uh, which provided uh, a very interesting activity for uh, for them to really discuss with their colleagues, and also at with the pre-service teachers, uh, we we used this approach of um, working video clubs, and and also uh, we found and and the pre-service teachers as well found that this was uh, really an interesting uh, way of um, discussing things that are going on in the classroom. So I would um, say that uh, whoever has the possibility of getting involved in this kind of activity, it's uh, really worthwhile a try. And Anne-Marie, you have particular interest and expertise in the area of lesson study. So how are video clubs different to lesson study? One of the main differences is that lesson study, the live lesson is actually live and other teachers are in the room as the lesson is being taught. Whereas with the video clubs, teachers were asked to select an episode or a clip that was maybe two, three, four minutes long, and they self-selected that. So it was also on a particular aspect that uh, we as the teacher educators had asked them to focus on. So it might have been the task launch or it might have been the whole class discussion or whatever. So the other teachers weren't necessarily in the room and they weren't necessarily even from the same school. Like you said earlier, the, the difficulty in the Irish context is as well that teachers aren't used to watching each other teach. They may plan together, but they don't necessarily go into each other's classroom. And I think this was um, the video clubs were really good in this aspect uh, in that it wasn't maybe going quite as far as lesson study, as in they could select what they were very happy with and then uh, self-reflect on that and then bring it to the video club. But I do think that in the beginning, they found this really, really difficult to do. And they highlighted that, you know, building up trust was a key aspect in sharing with the other teachers in the group. Yes, and I, I can perhaps add a, a little bit uh, to what Anne-Marie just said. One point that is common to video clubs and lesson studies is their connection to practice. In both cases, we are very much interested in, in what go is going on inside the classroom and uh, so the, the activity that uh, goes on there. With the lesson study, there is a, a, a focus on, on the students' learning. With the video clubs, it can be a, a focus on the student or a focus on the teacher or being a dual focus on both. 
Now, uh, another difference is that in the video clubs, we, we can see episodes from many lessons. So we, we have a lot of uh, many different things and we, we, we need the teacher that knows the class to provide the context so that we can have a meaningful discussion. The lesson study is, is different because it involves a group of teachers working for some sessions in the careful preparation of one single lesson. So when the lesson is going to be talked, the whole group of, of the teachers that collaborated in, in designing the plan uh, have a, um, a very detailed idea of uh, what is going to be attempted, what, what really is the points of students' learning that are going to be observed. So the, the discussion there um, at the end of the lesson can provide evidence of uh, what was accomplished, what were unexpected difficulties that arose, what could be done in a different way so that uh, um, students' learning could be better in another uh, lesson. So there's uh, common points and there are uh, different aspects uh, uh, to both. But the, this connection to practice is definitely a, a very important uh, common idea. The other interesting part of this project, apart from the video club uh, and the professional development, was that materials were developed for teachers. Uh, Evridiki, I wonder, can you give uh, an overview of the kind of materials that were developed? And then maybe we'll ask each country to talk about the kind of materials that they that were developed as part of their their country's working group. We developed a training package to support teachers and teacher educators in simultaneously work on challenging tasks and differentiation. Uh, the first package was for teachers, and in this package there were five modules. Uh, with several ideas and materials uh, around cognitively demanding tasks and how they could uh, work with all their students to meet their needs and readiness levels. The second package was for teacher educators and um, there were some ideas included uh, that could help them scaffold teachers' work around the challenging work and differentiation. Uh, we actually worked on developing five modules. Uh, the first module was introductory, and the title of the module was Challenging Students While Addressing Different Needs, an introduction. Teachers could get a first glimpse on these uh, two concepts. The second module was Selecting and Analyzing and Modifying, modifying Challenging Mathematics Tasks for All Students because we saw that teachers face difficulties in appropriately selecting, designing, and analyzing tasks. And the third one was uh, uh, supporting all students' autonomous work on challenging mathematics tasks, because many teachers are wondering what can they do with the students who wait for the teacher, for example, to show the correct answer, or with the more capable students who successfully complete the task early during the student autonomous work. Uh, module four uh, had to do with whole class work on challenging mathematics tasks, and this was more or less uh, focusing on orchestrating whole class interactions, and it could help teachers consider issues uh, that had to do on how they could organize whole class interactions so that all students' uh, responses uh, are heard, used, and expanded. And finally, there was a fifth module, 
that focused on creating classroom culture to foster mathematical challenge and differentiation. And because as Despina said before, culture plays a pivotal role in this work. Different countries took responsibility for different modules. So I don't know if you or Har Lambus want to talk about the first two modules which were done by Cyprus. The first module, as Evredicki said, uh, was introductory and the idea there was to familiarize teachers with this dual challenge. Actually, uh, first to help teachers identify what challenging tasks are because that, that this is actually a challenge for teachers to identify what makes a mathematical challenge. Uh, so the first module was actually intended to help teachers think about uh, challenging mathematical tasks, how to identify challenging mathematical tasks, and uh, to classify them into different levels according to the t- challenge. Then another idea in the first module was to familiarize teachers with the idea of differentiation, what differentiation actually is, and how you know they can work with uh, different levels of uh, students. And then the last part of the first module was to bring these two ideas together and help teachers understand that they are not in opposition. Challenging work and cognitive challenge is not in opposition to differentiation. Actually, the two can work together in order to support uh, student learning and thinking. And this is the case for all modules. Uh, So in each of these modules, we were not talking to teachers like, you know, delivering research. We were including real episodes, episodes from real classrooms, materials from real classrooms. We were also taking some ideas from the literature, but we were trying to develop uh, modules that are really friendly for our teachers and that they create a space for teachers to talk, to discuss ideas and learn through them and actually start developing some strategies that are going to be helping them in their lessons. So that was module one. And actually um, we developed each module uh, included two sessions, one for uh, primary and pre-primary school teachers and another for secondary school teachers because we were trying to address both levels. So that was module one. I don't know if really if you want to talk about module two, Actually, module two uh, was built around cases of practice as the other modules. And there were two sections, one for pre-primary teachers, one for secondary teachers. In the first case of practice, teachers were encouraged to consider uh, what makes uh, tasks challenging by analyzing it, identifying its mathematical challenge, in both phases, as it uh, appears in the curriculum materials and that it is enacted during teaching. In the second case of practice, uh, the attention was centered on tasks and teachers uh, should go deeper into identifying what makes a task challenging for different groups of students. Uh, So teachers in the second case are provided with opportunities to discuss Uh, how mathematical challenge of a task can be adjusted in order to ensure that students are mathematically challenged at an appropriate level. And in the last case of practice, factors that were related to students and that have been put at the background in the previous cases 
are brought to the forefront and teachers uh, are now encouraged and supported to consider some tools that will help them to think and analyze student prior uh, knowledge. Uh, so mainly the focus of this uh, module is on planning and planning to engage all students in mathematically challenging tasks. And we are discussing ideas and decisions that teachers make about designing, selecting, analyzing, and modifying challenging tasks uh, so that to provide all students opportunities for high-level thinking and reasoning. Continue with the Module 3, which um, addresses the part of the lesson in which the students are working on the tasks that the teacher proposed in the beginning of the, of the lesson. So typically the students are working on an autonomous way. They can be working individually or they can work in pairs or in small groups. It, it may be uh, different depending on the, the level of the students and uh, what the teacher decides is the most productive setting. The teacher needs to, to be attentive to what the students are doing and perhaps help uh, some that are having uh, trouble in understanding the problem or figuring out a strategy to, to solve the task that was provided. So teachers questioning strategies is, is an important issue that we address in Model 3. The kinds of questions that the teacher may, may pose to the students to, to help them to move forward. Because the role of the teacher is not that much of providing uh, suggestions that um, give the students the, the solution of the, the way they, they should, what they should do, but it's more uh, of the role of the teacher asking questions to, to have the students thinking in a, uh, perhaps in a further way or in a different way to find really uh, to work on their own to find a, um, a strategy to solve the problem. Another important activity of the teacher during this uh, part of the work is to collect information to prepare the, the next step of the whole class discussion. Because a, a very productive whole class discussion depends on having uh, a good uh, sequence of uh, presentation of um, the students' uh, solutions. Cannot be uh, all the solutions in the class, probably, because there are too many. So the teacher needs to, to select appropriate um, solutions that can uh, provide uh, interesting elements for discussion. So this information uh, needs to be collected during this part of the lesson. So this, this is uh, important. Uh, it's important to encourage all students uh, to keep working. Sometimes some students can be a little uh, out of focus regarding the task. So it's a, an activity of the teacher that is not so visible as uh, perhaps in other parts of the lesson, but it's very important to, to provide really a, a good um, final outcome of a learning uh, as was expected uh, when planning the lesson. Despina, your group was involved yes. in the uh, whole class work on challenging yes. mathematics tasks. Yeah, the Greek team developed the module four, which was, as Sean said, the whole class uh, uh, orchestration discussion in mathematics classroom. And uh, we had two cases of practice related to issues of uh, uh, arising uh, 
when uh, the teacher uh, uh, sets up the task and uh, these uh, issues uh, were uh, mainly how they built on uh, students' prior knowledge and uh, how they make the language of the task accessible to the students. And the other, and the other two cases of practice uh, uh, were related to what Joao said, uh, uh, what comes from the students' autonomous work, what kind of uh, solutions the students have uh, provided. And now the teacher selects and monitors uh, these uh, solutions. Because if you start discussing the, the more uh, advanced uh, solution strategy, then uh, the students who have uh, given a, a more primitive uh, solution get the interest and they cannot uh, follow. So the selection is very important. And the last part was uh, how the teacher synthesizes these different solutions and uh, link to the goals of the lessons. So this was the last case of practice. Finally, Anne-Marie, the Irish team, we worked on module five. Yeah, so we developed module five, which was looking at culture. So it was called creating a classroom culture to foster mathematical challenge and differentiation. So culture can be referred to as classroom climate or environment, and it can have different meanings. But we took it as referring to the attitudes, the values, goals and practices that shapes what happens in mathematics lessons. And in this project, especially with regard to challenge and differentiation. So classroom cultures uh, determine matters such as how students feel about freely expressing their mathematical ideas, how the teachers respond to students' mistakes, uh, which students are valued, how students uh, are willing to learn from each other and help each other and uh, what is expected of them. So teachers have a very important role to play in shaping a classroom culture. So within the module, we had an introduction and then uh, we had four cases of practices. So our first case of practice uh, was entitled Planning Practices to Complement Culture Building. So we asked teachers to do various activities such as how they uh, plan for maths lessons and then they looked at video clips and tried to connect to their practice. The second case of practice was establishing and maintaining norms of action and interaction to promote differentiation and mathematical challenge. So they needed to consider statements about their teaching um, and to agree or disagree uh, statements such as children learn best from each other or wrong answers are unhelpful. The third uh, case of practice was establishing structures for supporting all students' independent and collaborative uh, activities. And the last one was arranging the physical environment uh, to support a classroom culture of working on mathematically challenging tasks and differentiation. So in each of these cases of practice, uh, the teachers had to carry out various activities. They looked at video clips from real classrooms, not only in Ireland, but also uh, from Greece and Portugal and Cyprus, which was uh, really wonderful to see, um, you know, classrooms from other countries and not just from our own. Then they listened to or they read extracts from interviews with Irish primary teachers and uh, they planned for the next video club. And then on uh, part from session one, they shared their own videos and discussed and reflected. And each session finished off with connecting uh, to their own practice. Just to finish up, uh, I'd like to go do one last round with everybody. And you can respond to one of two questions. One could be, what did 
you learn as a teacher or a teacher educator from working in this project? Or the other question that you could answer is, if there was one thing you'd like every maths teacher to know as a result of the, our work on this project, what would that be? So these, these are tough questions, Sean, actually, because there are different things that we have learned when working with teachers and we have learned from teachers. Because I think one of the things that was really nice about this project is that teachers, I think teachers learn from us and we also learn a lot from teachers. So if I were to single out a thing, is that this work is is not easy, but it is it is feasible. It can be done. And in order to to uh, carry out this work, it's important to give teachers some tools. So uh, Joe Pedro before referred to enablers and extenders. And actually, that was a really nice idea that was really appreciated from many teachers. And that means that, you know, if I were, you know, to identify a, a single thing that teachers really will need to know is to be able to identify the challenge in a task and then be able to, you know, modify this challenge either up or down in order to meet different groups of, of, of students. But again, this is just one of the many things that I think that we have learned from this project. I would like to follow up on uh, what uh, Carolambos has just said. I think that the, the teachers, um, responding to the second question, what, what I would like uh, to stress regarding the possible things that teachers can learn, uh, exactly doing this sort of lesson is, is something that is possible, is something that looks a little complicated from the outset, but uh, when we begin planning and we can begin seeing how it happened in the classroom, and so we uh, start organizing things, it looks more feasible. And in fact, uh, it, it becomes more and more natural. And the one thing that I would like to stress that in, in making this happening, teachers working together is, is a key element. So the, the collaboration that the teachers can do um, in, the, in groups, um, very often in our case, organized in terms of the video club settings. So uh, things that look uh, very complicated uh, look much more uh, at uh, uh, our possibility of uh, uh, getting done when we plan together and we work together and we reflect together. That's the, the main idea. I would say that uh, I agree with the ideas that were discussed from by Joao Pedro and Mr. Caralambos. And I would like to add that it is important for teachers, to, apart from analyzing the task or knowing how to modify the task, uh, it is important to know how their students learn, what their students uh, need to learn, and what their students already know, because this is an important element for differentiating their instruction. And I would also like to, to tell teachers that it's very positive, that it's very good to encourage students to take risks and create and you must create the challenge for them and we know that this is a difficult work but we must know that as teachers we're not alone and we can uh, seek for guidance and professional development opportunities 
that could help us uh, focus uh, on particular teaching aspects and provide us some specific guidelines and principles on how this work can be done. I suppose it's following on from uh, Joe Pedro and Harlampus as well that, you know, the importance of providing opportunities uh, for teachers to collaborate and to reflect and to share best practice. So I think this is what the video clubs, you know, enable teachers to do. And I already knew from my experience with lesson study that it was really helpful for teachers to collaborate and work together and focus on their practice. But I think that for me was uh, the biggest learning uh, that it emphasized this again. And also that we as teacher educators can uh, learn from teachers because they're at the cold face. Yes, I think that uh, most of the uh, things have been addressed by uh, all the others. Just to add about um, what uh, I think that uh, the, the teachers uh, have gained and uh, is important uh, is also to study their teaching. And this, I think, is something that uh, uh, we talk about challenging task differentiation, the, the program offers resources, but does not offer one way to to balance differentiation and uh, uh, and mathematical challenging task because uh, it is uh, uh, realized that teaching is very complex. So uh, we think that what a teacher can can get out of this project is uh, the whole process to reflect on uh, the teaching. And uh, in terms of what I have learned, certainly I agree uh, with Haralabus that you learn a lot uh, from teachers and you realize things that uh, you don't uh, otherwise. But also you, you learn, uh, you face challenges as mathematics teacher educator. And uh, uh, handling um, the work with the video cl uh, uh, clubs, decide what to say and uh, what not to say, decide about the degree of autonomy that the teachers can have. These are very difficult um, uh, dilemmas for the teacher education. So I think that I started to, to think about these issues in the context of this project. And that was Despina Potari from the National and Kapodistrian University of Athens bringing to a close our discussion about differentiated instruction and challenge in mathematics teaching. The other guests were Haralambus, Haralambus, Jao Pedro da Pont, Anne-Marie Gurhi and Evridiki Kasapi. That brings us to the end of this week's Inside Education. Remember, you can download this episode and over 400 previous episodes by going to seandelaney.com and clicking on Podcasts, or from most podcast platforms. You can contact me with comments and suggestions by emailing insideeducationpodcast at yahoo.com. On Twitter, I use the handle at InsideEd. My book about teaching, which has useful appendices offering introductory suggestions on teaching reading, Mathematics and Junior Infant Classes is called Become the Primary Teacher Everyone Wants to Have. You can order it in your local library or buy it online. Until the next time, this is Sean Delaney signing off. Thank you for listening.